Hey, I'm Andy Weir, author of Project Hail Mary, and you're listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box. This is how you die. Not today, bitch. It's Thinking Outside the Long Box. This shit is impractical. <laughs> What's weird is what I always found out. I always thought that, uh, you know, hypnosising the way the trauma was a good thing to do. <laughs> it's just, I don't think suppressing trauma is any time has been good. Yeah, you might not. <laughs> We're talking about Insidious, The Red Doors, a 2023 American supernatural horror film directed by Patrick Wilson. Uh, again, in his directorial debut from a screenplay by Scott Teams based on a story by Lee Wannell and Teams. It's a direct sequel to Insidious Chapter 2 and the fifth installment in the Insidious franchise. Um, originally, James Wan was going to be producer, um, as does J. Original director James Wan serves as a producer, sorry, as J. does Jason Bloom throughout the Bloomhouse Productions banner. Um, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, this is the fifth and the last one so far. Um, it was made with 16 million, so this is the most expensive one, and it's grossed 187.1 million dollars in the month or so that it's been out. So, so again, it's done wildly popular. <laughs> it's done really, really well. These movies are good box office films. <laughs> um, it's got this is crazy. It's got a thirty-eight percent right now on Rotten Tomatoes. I will say this is my least favorite one. Yeah, yeah. This is a this is a a story that we do get a lot of, like a broken family. I don't. You don't really. I think it starts weird. So. This is, I think, nine years, ten years past the last one. Um, Dalton is going to college, and the Renee and Josh have separated for some reason. It happens off screen. We don't really know. Yeah. Um, and Josh and Dalton don't have any kind of relationship, it seems, at this point as well, which I don't know. We don't know why that has they happened. They have a bad relationship. Yeah, and uh, and Josh's mom has died. That's kind of the beginning of this movie. Yes. Is Josh's mom has died. They're going to the funeral. Um, so I don't know, man. I I I think a lot of things like this would do right with maybe ten minutes, five ten minutes of exposition at the beginning of the movie as to why we're here, where we're at. Um, because the last time we saw him, everybody was freaked the fuck out, but everybody was happy. And it's weird that we're nine years later and everybody's fucking angry at each other and the lives are broken. <laughs> it doesn't seem like the mom and the dad are really angry at each other. It just seems like they're divorced. Uh, but, I mean, it would be nice to, you know, know what's going on. Although you do get to know why a um, little bit later on. But you don't really know why the kids are all like, well, the one kid. It's like, fuck you, dad. Yeah. Because you, I, I would think that, they could, after having suppressed memories, you could just start anew, and you could just have a, a new relationship with your son, even though you, the son later goes on to say he doesn't remember that whole year, but I mean, that doesn't, I don't know how that would stop you from having the relationship with your father going forward, but I I have no fucking idea. I've never had my memories erased. Well, <laughs> it makes sense from his perspective where he, because remember, he, he talks about it quite a bit where he's like, it seems like he's being an asshole to his son, but like he can't 
get his mind straight. Right. And he doesn't know why. And it turns out it's because they wipe, you know, it's, <laughs> he's on wipe number two. <laughs> it's like a little much. And the other, and the kid does have questions about like anytime he would want to talk about his ten year old self, nobody will talk to him about it, and yeah. they just give him a bullshit excuse, but he doesn't believe it. Like I get the angsty kind of feelings. I just am not a fan of like ten years later, the whole family's broken up, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Especially, you would think that like the wife would have a little bit more sympathy, seeing as how like she knows what happened. Right. Right. Like that, she could like figure it out, or like. Go to therapy to try to work on it. Like, <laughs> I was, you know, I want to. You know, I'm frustrated by, you know, <laughs> a ghost did try to murder my whole family. <laughs> he did get his memory wiped to save our children. You, that's a, you would think she would be do her best to try and hold the family together. Um, and I don't know if that has just been too much for, I don't know. They don't, I, in my opinion, they don't do a really good job of explaining that. But, um, at the end, everything's hunky dory again, which again is a a pretty big cop out to me. But, um, this is the story of essentially father and son. And again, and so Dalton, uh, just rediscovers Specs and Tucker through a YouTube video that somebody shows him at a frat party. Um, and he remembers slowly that he can astral project. Um, and he, I don't know if he like shows, I can't remember. I, I just rewatched it again. Um, but he's showing it off and, and, yeah, and, girl, and doing it. The girl. So he's being led in like some kind of like, uh, altered perception, like drawing. I don't know what you would want to call it, but she's like getting, you know, their inner self onto the paper. Right. And it breaks that barrier that they put up in his mind. And even though he doesn't remember exactly everything, it loosens the beast. Oh, because he drew the red door. Yeah. So it loosens the beast. And then later that night when they're sleeping, he astral projects and goes into that chick's room, which is creepy. That's the first thing. (laughs) Although he probably thinks he's dreaming. So, you know, do whatever he wants. And then uh, she's the one that f- that goes back to him with your astral projecting. Right. And then now it doesn't seem like he wants to do it ever. It just seems like it keeps happening. Besides the, <laughs> besides the first time where they go to that kid's room. Right. Where he's like, you know, um, he's all about it right then. But then that thing almost fucking it kills her. Yeah, so yeah. she seems after that, he seems like he doesn't want anything to do with it. But it's just like happened. <laughs> Which would be so shitty. <laughs> like every time I go to sleep, this thing tries to murder my friends. <laughs> and it's the red faced demon again. That's so it's his old anchor. <laughs> this demon won't fucking give up on trying to kill him. What's his body, bro? <laughs> now he's all adultified too. Um, but I, he so he's kind of forced into it because after the attack, um, his friend is like, "Dude, don't do that fucking anymore. Like, don't yeah. stop it." And but the 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 brother. He has a conversation with his brother, and he's like, man, I keep having this weird dream about our dad killing us all. And so then he's like, okay, I should, I need to fix this somehow. Um, and so he astral projects again, um, and you see that uh, he sees his dad possessed again in front of the big red door. Yes. So what, what did you think about this one? We're, we're kind of in the middle of the movie at that point. Um. Of the overall movie, this position of the movie, the overall movie, like I, like I said before, like this overall movie, I think is the worst of all the movies. I don't know if I said that because it just doesn't feel like 
I don't know. It's not a horror movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's not really scary in any part. It's like the ghost stuff is like very minimal. Right. The kid just like figures out how to beat it. He's like, fuck it. I just paint <laughs> over this bitch. <laughs> so that's obviously the very end of the film. Yes. <laughs> Lock your way with a paintbrush, you dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> so he he's watching his dad try to kill his younger self. Um, and he tackles him, and, and they're in the red-faced demon lair. Um, he's trying to find his father uh, and trying to save everybody. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's... Jo- Renee finally helps Josh go back into the further to rescue the son at that point as well. I mean, there's a lot going on here. But, yeah, not a ton of... It, it feels more like broken family than it does horror film. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like it had the same vibe as the other films, even though it's a continuation on the story. And like, I don't know. I, I feel like you kind of get to like rooting for the family in the other movies. And like you said, like it's like they're all fucked up now. <laughs> like, and I get that there's like teenage angst and stuff like that, but it's like. Eh. I get tired of that sometimes in movies. It's always like just the atypical like fuck you dad. Yeah, it is it is that and and you yeah. get you get the same whether whether you're looking at a, a horror film or the, whether you're watching a, a, a family film, you get the same ending here. The the once they get they free them so because so once they're all in the further, the red faced demon traps them in his lair. Dad finds a way to jump in and save the son, and they're escaping. And Josh saves he stays behind the red door in order to save his son and make sure that it, everything's hunky dory at that point. And you get that same. In every movie, the dad saves the son or the dad saves the daughter or the kid or whoever. He sacrifices himself for the better good of the family. And so that's when uh, he stays behind. That's when Dalton wakes up and is able to paint over the red door and essentially stop the anything further from happening. Um, and Josh's dad... Now that they've kind of reconciled everything, and then though though now that we know that he didn't just leave his family, he was also being traumatized by demons. This is the demon fucking family, uh, and he killed himself to try and get away from it. Yeah. Um, they he's kind of reconciled with his dad. Josh's dad f- pulls him out of the further as well, so everybody's saved. Kid paints a picture about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like it was a little bit knobby. Like I don't. <laughs> I, do those like tropes like ever start to like bug you in like movies where it's just like they portray like every kid the same? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I was watching the every teenager. Did uh, we ever talk about the Pope's Exorcist? Yeah. So I was watching the Pope's Exorcist again the other day, and there's that part where the mom's like, "Can you just try to help me out? All we have is this house. We don't have anything else." And the mom walks out, and the kid's like, "Fuck you!" Like, no. <laughs> I never did that. Did you do that? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe I did. I don't think I did. I don't think I had what is painted on the TV as a rebellious stage in my life. You know, I'm sure I was like, God, you guys are being dicks sometimes, but I never was like, I fucking hate you guys. Get out of my life. Yeah, same. same. <laughs> like, there was definitely, like, there was definitely, like, childhood, like, feelings. You know what I mean? Of being yeah. like, God damn, mom. Like, what the fuck? Like, why should I have my fucking ass? Yeah. I'm like, fuck you, mom. <laughs> Yeah, or my mom asked me to do something and be like, do you even fucking know me? Do you even know who the fuck I am? I don't think I had those times. But hey, I my mom would have chonked my ass so fast. <laughs> you know who the fuck I am, you little bitch? I made you! 
<laughs> yeah, I don't think I had that kind of shit. And and I think that's what I think that's why I was so bothered by the by the movie. It's just like ah, you ended it in a place that like you could have we could have been nine years later and the family could be fine and we could still be being haunted by the same demon. It still works. Like yeah. we can finally put the close the door on this chapter in this demon's fucking life and these families' life and they could still be together because that's what you did at the end of this movie anyways. You know, so at the end everybody he the the mom is more apt to let her dad come have dinner with them and spend time with the family. Yeah. So you ended in that position anyways. You could have just started there. Like you didn't have to break up the family to reunite them again. And yeah. it's just so stupid. It's just dumb it to silly. me. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I don't know. So, the only I, cool part was that he got like possessed, but they should have had like full on. <laughs> like the way I see this movie going down is like the demon gets in and starts like murdering people, <laughs> and then the dad shows up and like sacrifices himself to get the kid out, and then takes the blame for the murders. <laughs> that would have been crazy. That's how I would. <laughs> like. It's I don't know the whole it just felt like cheesy where the kid's just like fuck a little black paint we never see this bitch again. <laughs> it felt a little too bow tie like they 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 put a little bow tie on it. It's over. I I like it and I don't like it. I like it for the fact that again it feels it feels like. It feels like if they're going to make more, we're going to delve into different depths of the universe, which is good. We've had three movies of this family now. We've had two of Elise. It's maybe time for something else. What I was talking about earlier in the last episode was I, I like the fact that they've kept it fresh without having to make tons of different spinoffs. It still feels like an Insidious movie rather than a Nun movie or a, or a fucking Baby Doll Annabelle movie. Like though, A lot of those movies feel very different even though they're in the same universe. This can feel very similar and still be in the same universe, and I like that. So even though the bow tie is way too bow tie-y, it's good because it feels like the chapter's over. If we make any more, it's not going to be about these people. Yeah, I can see that. I could, I could get along with that. Um, I definitely think that's for the best. Because like even though I liked this family, like this third movie just didn't really do it for me. <laughs> but like you said, it, the what I what I'm excited about what might be happening with the Pope's Exorcist is that whether it, they make another film or it turns into a TV show, there's so much there that can happen that can be Monster of the Week or Monster of the Movie or whatever they're doing, and it can feel different while still being Pope's exorcisty. Yeah. And I I like that about. I'm excited more about that aspect of it. So I, I like this. I'm I'm a, I'm excited to see if they do any more Insidious and see you know we can go into Tucker and fucking Specs or Tucker yeah those two idiots can introduce us to a new family. We can kind of go from there. That'd so. be awesome. <laughs> I'm excited. I don't know. I I liked every single one of these films. Like you said, this one is this one's weaker because I feel like it's just a chapter closing and maybe it was treated differently than the others. Yeah, I still like the movie. Yeah, it wasn't a bad way to like end it. It's just. I definitely thought it was just the weakest entry, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. Overall, I think it's definitely worth a watch if you've seen the other movies. Um, well, I mean, it, the other, this is the closing of the chapter. You definitely should watch this one. <laughs> you definitely should not watch it if you haven't. <laughs> watch the other ones? Yeah, yeah, it won't make any sense. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, go watch it. Like I said, it's, it, it seems to be... 
again, I'd have to really look at the the Rotten Tomatoes because I think the Rotten Tomatoes shows on the Wikipedia page. I think the Rotten Tomatoes score that's shown is the critic score. So I don't know what the audience thinks of it, um, but it's made almost two hundred million dollars. So it can't be awful. Um, on a $16 million budget, that's fucking crazy. That that just tells the producers that if they want to make another one, they can, and it's going to make money too. So I don't know what's happening right now because of the strike that's still ongoing. We haven't even brushed on that at all. Um, yeah, that's but, weird that that's like... I mean, what what do they get paid? Like, Who's they? The people that are on strike. Like, So everybody's on strike. So from the the lowliest guy who gets a hundred dollars a day to the people who get a hundred million per movie are all on strike. But the actors are too. Yes. Yeah. The writers and the actors are, are both, they're two different unions, but they're both on strike right now. So I have heard that there's like a lot of like disparity in like what actors get paid. Correct. And like, that makes sense. Like a lot of like these lower actors, like maybe they're just not getting enough money. Yep. So I would have figured that the writers got paid decent. Like, uh, apparently not in this new Netflix world. So they don't get paid residuals for how well things do on like Netflix and Disney Plus and things like that. Um, so they just get paid for their job. And then it doesn't matter how many people view the film or view the movie, the show, they don't get paid anymore. Do you get paid the one time? Uh, whereas like in the old days you get paid residual checks you get it, they're not always the best but i watched the guy from hook um so do I, rufio talks. yeah i watched that shit and that's funny every once in a while but he 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 opens a shit ton of residual checks but they don't get that anymore yeah. uh not really not in this world and so for for the actors because uh, because I always hear actors they don't need any more money blah 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 and you, but you've got to remember as an audience member the the people who work on the film there's probably hundreds of actors who work on the film the people who get paid the most are at the very top tippity top you know yeah yeah you're no. talking about maybe ten percent of a hundred percent of actors who get paid a shit ton of money yeah I definitely figure there's like smaller time actors and stuff that need like that shit yeah and so they're fighting for those people uh, they're fighting for because uh, apparently this year in order to qualify for for healthcare through the union, you had to have made uh, just under forty grand, and l- the statistic was something like eighty percent of actors don't even make that much money to get healthcare, and it was it was crazy. That's a crazy thing to think about. How many actors there are that they don't they don't get any benefit from what they do? It's just a wild thing to. So when when you that's I, not crazy to me, but that's pretty crazy to me. Well, because I think a lot of those actors too actually like don't act a lot. So to me, that also kind of seems like you're randomly just getting healthcare because you act in like three things. <laughs> I, I would venture to bet that most of them are trying. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, like, I could try to get a job all day. It doesn't mean I'll, <laughs> it doesn't mean I'll get the perks of the people who have that sure, job. Sure, sure. So, like, the healthcare thing seems bizarre to me, but, the like, getting residuals for your shit, if it continues to make money, that doesn't seem bizarre. Right. Like, like, yeah, if you made it and it's making money 10 years from now, like... You should get a little chunk of that. And the other thing that they were fighting was that apparently big big companies like Netflix wanted you, the background actors, to go get scanned by these machines so that they could continue to use your likeness and never pay you again. So you would get paid the one time you were in the background, you would get scanned, and then you would give them consent to just use you however the fuck. And the Actors Guild was like, no, that's fucking insane. Like, then you wouldn't need us anymore, ever. Yeah, no, fuck that. <laughs> 
<laughs> so like there's a lot of weird nuance to it but the the old the, the only argument i ever hear is like the big actors don't need money like they don't need any more money but I, nobody ever thinks like they're not the only people on set bro like they <laughs> yeah they they get paid a lot but not yeah, the other yeah. people that's why generally you don't see like tom cruise on a picket line because then it becomes about the a-list actors as opposed to the other actors who are actually fighting for their fair share of pay yeah, yeah I, no, I could see that for sure <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I'm sure they'll figure it out eventually because they've been on strike for uh, the actors have been on, on on strike just for a month ish. They were they went on strike right before San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. Writers, I think, have been on strike for almost six months. I think. Well, yeah, it's but been I a mean, long time. Hollywood's gonna want to make money again, so <laughs> I'm sure they'll give up a little bit bigger piece of their pie. And Hopefully, <laughs> they're not just gonna go away. <laughs> I hope so. I hope not. Yeah, yeah. They're not gonna not. be like we're not making anything anymore. But they are. They uh, we've already. The, the, I'd have to look, relook at what was pushed back, but Disney Disney so far has pushed back three or four projects because of what's going on right now. So um, it is having some kind of an impact at this point. Oh yeah, no, it's always interesting to see what what will happen with these things. I definitely think it's having quite an impact from what I understand, but because so. I'm sure they'll cough up the cash <laughs> to some degree. <laughs> Go pick it if you're an actor. Go do your thing. Some money is better than no money. Um, but. That's the end of the Insidious franchise for us. We've enjoyed all of it. Go check it out. Go watch the Red Doors in theaters right now. Um, but it, chronology, if you're going to watch it that way, you're going to watch Insidious Chapter 3 first, then The Last Key, then Chapter 1 and 2, and then The Red Door. Um, so go watch them. Go check it out. TOTLB.com. We're on all the things, Insta, Twitter, YouTubes, all of the things. Go check it out. Until next time, I've been Juan. I'm Doyle. And we'll catch you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box with your hosts, Doyle and Juan. To catch all the latest from us, visit our website at totlb.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Outside Long Box, TikTok at TOTLB Podcast, and Thinking Outside the Long Box on Facebook and YouTube. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, post about it on social media, leave a rating and review, and consider a Patreon membership. Thanks for listening.